Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Montane Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and services. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's- yeah, g'day, Mark Bickley. Second last podcast of the year. I reckon we should podcast over summer. Um, yeah, why not? You're yeah. no chance of doing that, are you? Oh, well, we can maybe punch a couple out. It's 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 our it's our penultimate podcast. I've always wanted to use that word. Okay, what does it mean? Second to last. What about this? This is my pen ultimate. That's a that's an a, ultimate pen. It's a ballpoint pen. Yeah. Um, it's really important we have a bit of feedback here on the podcast. People listen to this. They listen throughout the morning. Yeah. We had a good show. Um, I love watching you. Just naturally as a human being. <laughs> Observing. Some days I test you and I don't tell you what's coming up on the show just so you can be surprised. Yep. And you're like, oh. What's that all about? Oh, we've got this. And I'm like, you're organized, are you? And you're like, yeah, yeah. I'll be back in a sec. And then you go and research. Um, how long did it take you to come up with your list today? <laughs> nah, that was, there was a fair bit of research went into that. Do you Did you agree with my top five Stories of the year. Absolutely, because I came up with four of them. No, you didn't. <laughs> Ser- seriously, was that the biggest story? Was the hitting the post? That was a no, I think so. no brainer. Yeah, yeah. The second biggest story was the. It was. It was. I use it as a combination. It was the untenable claim after round three. Warren Treadway was mm. very vocal about Ken Hinckley. His position was untenable. Yep. And then the next part of that. So they, they were sort of welded together was Port Adelaide winning 13 games in a row, which was a club record. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. So that was the second biggest one. Third biggest, I went with Tex in his 250th game. Mainly, I that. thought that was pretty weak. Why? Because they played West Coast. I mean, it would have been disappointing if you didn't kick 10. But if you were there. Yeah, it, it's a good story. It was a joyous yeah. mood. Uh, it was the most joyous crowd I've seen since Adelaide won the prelim there against Geelong. People were standing when he kicked his 10th goal. Yeah. The whole place was electric for a game that was 100 points difference. You've never heard an atmosphere. So I that was a little bit self-indulgent because I was there and was I, a bit I was loving that. Yeah. The fourth story was the uh, collision between Lockie Jones and Aliyah, mm. which was huge because we were just so shocked that he came back on and then yeah. there were repercussions around the concussion protocols and did Port Adelaide get fined for that? Was it a fine? Yeah. Event? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so. Soft cat, remember? Yeah. They were talking about someone had to be sacked almost. Yeah, so that's a, that's a massive, that was a massive story. And then the um, the fifth one was, yeah, Port Adelaide going out in a home final here. Yeah. And the 
the angst that created amongst the supporter base mm. on the back of Ken Hinckley being reappointed. Okay. So don't a listen to that weeks. part of the podcast no, because no, no. we've just told you now we all pre- of them. We previewed that. There's we didn't preview it. We just told them all. I know. I'm just saying. But there's some other stuff in there that we thought. It was good today. Quick bix. You had some incorrect ones. We spoke to Ryan Kiddo. Had a chat to Riley Thilthorpe. Um, and he was good. We're pretty good at giving out nicknames. What would Riley's nickname Filthy. be? Filthy. Filthy Thilthorpe. Gee whiz. That's hard to Filthy say. Filthy Thilthorpe. Filthy Thilthorpe. Try that. Go Filthy Thilthorpe. Filthy Thilthorpe. Now you've got to say it quick. Filthy Thilthorpe. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to do Try that. Try it. I can't. Don't call me that. Filthy Thilthorpe. <laughs> I feel like I've been stung on the tongue by a bee. Uh, it was a good day. Tomorrow is our last show together, potentially ever. No, it's not. We'll be back, won't we? Don't know. Don't tease. See what happens, eh? <laughs> wow. Well, you can go speak to a man about a thing about that. Well, I'll keep my fingers crossed that someone else comes in in February next year. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> Enjoy the podcast. See ya. Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow. That's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. Well, Mark Bickley, as I say, good morning to you in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy Air SA. And thanks to Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer. It is nice to look outside Studio Lumo and not see Noah and an ark or flooding or anything like that. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, Jared. Good morning, everyone that's tuning in. Yes, a little bit more sane this morning, isn't it? It was uh, horizontal rain, lightning, flash flooding, everything yesterday. Give and us the, the rain gauge update. Well, about 33 millimetres was in the rain gauge when I went home. So um, predictions from the Weather Bureau yesterday. Eight to 20 millimetres. Okay, so you're having a crack at them no, early. No, I'm not. I'm just saying. The predictions versus the reality. Oh, <laughs> it's, a, it's an early crack at the uh, Weather Bureau. Now, I don't think you would have heard our sports news in our news update, which uh, was a couple of moments ago. I think you're waking up to the big news that the big show continues making big show things happen. Final delivery. And he's gone straight. And finish it off in style. What a century this has been. What an innings this has been from Glenn Maxwell. Record equaling 400 in T20 internationals. Tying with Rohit Sharma. And more importantly, kept Australia in the series. It's pretty amazing to wake up to that news that uh, he's done what he always has been doing in 2023. And that's scoring plenty of runs. Glenn Maxwell, Australia winning the uh, third T20. Yep. And that was the final ball, uh, which he needed two off of and 21 off the last over he scored. Um, and so 104, not out, not sure of the exact balls, but it was, you know, it wasn't many. It was something like just in the, in the fifties. So that is another quick fire hundred. He's now back on the plane and heading back to Australia. He's, uh, he's had enough as uh, a number of the, the world cup heroes. Uh, Travis head is staying on. Is he really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Because he was uh, late to the party, I guess, for the World Cup. Wasn't well, he over. certainly made up for being late to the party. <laughs> exactly. But, okay, so he'll stay there for the last couple, which is wonderful. So as we mentioned, the Aussies winning that. Our breakfast is powered by Kubota for over 40 years. We've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia together. We're also waking up to some other news for Port Adelaide fans today. Yes, Warren Treadray uh, has applied for 
uh, a board position through the members elect avenue. So I guess the, the way it works is um, applications open for anyone who wants to, to nominate. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> applications open. You put your application in. I think you get vetted's not the right word, but just make sure you're um, <clears throat> of sound. Do you need a water? No, no, no I'm good. Uh, just make sure that uh, you're, you're an appropriate person to apply, which I think 99.9% um, .9 of people will get the rubber stamp and then it goes out to the members of Port Adelaide to vote. So you would suspect that uh, that would comfortably carry Warren onto the board of the Port Adelaide Footy Club. So what happened earlier this year then? Was that a different uh, process that Warren tried to get on the board? Well, I think what happened, there was a vacancy there. So there was the avenue for the Port Adelaide Football Club just to automatically place someone onto the board. Mm-hmm. David Koch's argument, because I went back and, and tried to sort of read through and put myself back in that moment. His argument was, we're not just going to grab someone that's, that, that um, hasn't been through the process, because if we grab one club legend like Warren Treadray, we would then, you know, maybe there's other footballers or other club legends that might have wanted to do it as well. And why are we choosing him over others was his argument. But... Uh, look, in the end, I, I think they just wanted a bit more sort of line of sight over it and, and maybe a bit more time to think their way through it. It wasn't an absolute need at the time. They had plenty of, uh, you know, there's a, there's a board there, there's subcommittees there with football experience, but that's 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 what Warren brings to the, the table. He's got um, football experience, he's got a lot of media experience now as well, but the, the danger is, is you do get, well, not the danger, you, you want robust debate on boards mm. and, and he'll certainly bring that because he's, he's uh, not backward in coming forward. But the, what you need is you, you want a united board. That's the most important thing. So, um, and, and the way boards work is, is around consensus. So for example, the, the, the comment around being untenable, if Warren was a board member, I, I don't think he would have been able to make that comment because even though he would have represented that at the around the boardroom table, once you agree, no, the position is tenable and we will continue with Warren, uh, with uh, Ken Hankley, then that's that's got to be the yeah the the pitch and everyone sings from the same hymn sheet. In actual fact, you really only have one person who's allowed to comment on that, and that's either the chair David Kosh or the board spokesperson. So the other board members really aren't commenting on what was said around the board table. That's not their role. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there then because uh, Warren has, uh, uh, I guess, a profile where in 2023 he's been very vocal on many issues. Mm. Um, so if it gets onto the board, but in hindsight, you, you probably look at that and you think that might be a good thing. Like it might be a good thing that the board needs someone to question everything. Challenge, yeah. And uh, that's, we're suspecting that, that doesn't go on now, though. Like there might be board yeah. members at the Port Adelaide Football Club who are like a segment of their um, supporter group, and say, and and were challenging all those uh, decisions that were made. So once again, that's that's how good board oper operates. They do have robust discussions. They do challenge, but then at the once the decision is made, they all make sure they they toe the line. The 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 challenging part, and this is the challenging part for any board member who is also in the media is to, to try and separate those two 
positions. Now, Mark Rusciuto has done it for a long time, but there's been uh, slip-ups along the way where you, you make a comment that is really a personal comment, but then people see that as a comment as a board member of the Adelaide Football Club. So, mm. uh, so that, that's the that's the uh, the balancing act that sort of Warren and the Port Adelaide Football Club will have to do. But the, the flip side of that is this is going to be the members elect vote. And I, I suspect there are a lot of members who will say, yes, you know, what Warren says does represent exactly how I feel. And I want that sort of representation on the board. So in a lot of ways, this is uh, this is the members elect working exactly how it should. You get an opportunity to put someone on the board who's going to speak for you. Port Adelaide fans, what do you think? You can text us 0427 154 166. Morn Team Care for Family Cars at Port Adelaide. And as we are approaching the 1st of December, a lot of Christmas trees going up. You can rush into Chemist Warehouse for the Christmas fragrance sale, which is on now. We had a text coming through, actually. This is a lovely one from Pete. Just wanted to say how enjoyable it is to listen to the show before you take a Christmas break. Love the passion you both have for sport and the positive slant you have about athletes, which is rare in sports media at the moment. So thank you very much for that, Pete. That is a very good start to the day. It's going to be a positive day too, because not only will we speak to Ryan Kiddo from Adelaide United, fresh from a victory over the weekend against Western United, Riley Thilthorpe from the Adelaide Crows, who you got to see on Monday at preseason training, who you said has filled out a lot, Mark Bickley. Yeah, he is you know well over 200 centimetres and he runs really well. When he came in, he was only an 18-year-old, and as you expect with those big, tall, gangly, sort of 200-plus centimetre players, it takes a little bit of time. But three years in the system now, we're doing the weights program, and he's very diligent in that. He really does look like a you know, a genuine physical threat now. So that's going to be great for Adelaide fans. I'm keen to talk to Riley about how he's feeling with it all because sometimes you don't want to get too big and then that sort of you lose any sort of mobility or any of your speed or your uh, endurance. So we'll just see how that's going with him. Uh, and the other big thing today, Mark Bickley, if you missed it yesterday, I played the first six songs that define 2024 for AFL teams. So here's a bit of a montage for you. This is Adelaide, High Hopes, Panic at the Disco. Brisbane Lions... Katy Perry's Raw. They will be back. Carlton. His journeys don't stop believing. For the Premier's Collingwood. DJ Khaled. They're just going to keep on winning. Essendon. Well, no one really knows. So Queens of the Stone Age. No one knows. And for uh, the Dockers, it was from Greece, Beauty School Dropout. They've dropped out of the finals. They've dropped out of relevance. Dropped off the map. They've just dropped off everything at the moment, and uh, we're not really going to talk about them. So today, we go through the next six. You will hear Geelong, Gold Coast, GWS, Hawthorne, Melbourne, and North Melbourne. Uh, and wait to hear what Melbourne is. That's going to be interesting. Mm. Well, it's uh, it's topical and it's in the news at the moment. If you have any early nominations, please let us know. 0427 And if you want to see what happens here in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA, all you need to do is get on the SEN SA app. You can have a look. There's cameras here. Plenty more to come as well. Uh, we are going for a top of 23 degrees today. Partly cloudy with minimal rain. But uh, Mark Bickley will challenge that because he hates weather people and forecasts. I I don't hate weather people. I just say it's a best guess. That's 
there's not a whole lot. There's not a whole lot of certainty about it. Okay. Well, I love controversy to start the morning. Good morning. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tirepower.com.au. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. 17 minutes past six on SENSA Breakfast, powered by Kubota for over 40 years. They've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. And uh, a massive shout-out to the team at Mourn Team Care for Family Cars at Port Adelaide. They've been looking after us for the whole year, Mark Bickley, on 0427154166. A few texts coming in. Being a weatherman is the only job. I know you can continually get it wrong and keep your job. That's from Dracos. Obviously agrees with you there. That you've He's made on the a, same tram, isn't he? Another it? aggressive uh, crack at weather presenters. What's well, No, you're not having a crack at the presenters, no, are I'm you? No, I'm not. No, no, no. Because they're, they're, they're just acting on the information. Mm. But what I want them to be more sort of readily sort of coming forward with, like yesterday on the the Weather Bureau app, it said 8 to 20 millimetres of rain, mm-hmm. 25% chance of 0 to 8 millimetres, no, 50% chance 0 to 8 millimetres, 25% chance of 8 to 12 millimetres, mm-hmm. and 25% chance of 12 to 20. Okay. So zero chance of over 20. And then we get... 33 in my rain gauge, and in some places we got 50, some places 70. In a moment, our nomination for who's making a difference. We make a difference. Save on your everyday living expenses. Callum's also sent in a text, Mark Bickley. Uh, Jared, having no local sport to MC this week, will you be MCing the Foo Fighters? If not, meet me at the Lady Daily for a few while I wait for my daughter to finish up at the gig. So what's that all about? Got some Christmas carols this weekend to MC, Mark Bickley. You're MCing the Christmas carols? Yes. Which uh, jurisdiction are you in? Down in the uh, south. The south? Yeah. Might come and say hello. You spread yourself far and wide, don't you? You're in demand. What? How far south are we talking? That doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Let's it, go into, into this, Mark Bickley. See, <laughs> si, senor! See! Si. Kate Jarvis. We make a difference helping members save up to 12% at hundreds of shops and restaurants. Your nomination for who's making a difference, please. Got a person to see a thing to do? <laughs> <laughs> Got to go speak to a man about a thing today. Got to see a person. That's how you, that you all go to. Yeah, well, uh, Glenn Maxwell is making a difference because overnight he, he finished up his, uh, his work in India because he's flying back to Australia probably as we speak but had an unbelievable uh, final innings because he um, was not out on 104. Just an amazing, amazing innings off 48 balls. Let's have a listen. Final delivery. And he's gone straight and finished it off in style. What a century this has been. What an innings this has been from Glenn Maxwell. Record equaling 400 in T20 internationals. Tying with Rohit Sharma, and more importantly, kept Australia in the series. Yep. Okay. So India set a target of uh, 223 for Australia to chase down. They needed 21 off the last over. Now, Matthew- before you continue that, can I just say Glenn Maxwell was almost the villain because he bowled the final over mm-hmm. against India. How many runs? 30. <laughs> Wow. 30 overs conceded off Glenn Maxwell. 30, so he, 30 runs. He, uh, sorry, 30 runs. So he owed it to his teammates. Mm. So Matty Wade was on strike. Uh, Wade made 28 not out, by the way. He was on strike for, for the last over. They needed 21 runs. 
He hits a four. He hits a single, brings Maxwell to strike. Maxwell goes six, four, four, four off the mm-hmm. last four balls. So 18 off the last four balls. In the in the uh, meantime, bringing up his own century of 48 balls. It just, it literally puts an exclamation mark on his tour for the World Cup and for this T20 series. He has been absolutely phenomenal. He's been the difference maker. A great nomination, Mark Bickley. We're in Studio Lumo. Powered by Lumo Energy SA alongside Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer. If you've got any uh, nominations, 0427154166. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tirepower.com.au. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you Ready, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 26 minutes past six. Good morning to you on SENSA Breakfast, Wednesday, the 29th of November. Going for 23 degrees today. Powered by Kubota for over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter. Shaping and building Australia together. Our Crows fans, we are speaking to Riley Thilthorpe this morning, who has come back in full fitness. Uh, at 7.30, we have a chat to him. Bix, what are you looking forward to asking Riley? I'm keen to see what he's been doing over the the break because uh, Darren Burgess gave us a snippet. He said he's been generally a guy who just does heaps of running. And so we talked yesterday about, you know, if you're a big guy and you're running a lot, it's hard to actually keep your size on. So Darren Burgess said he'd been mixing it up, doing some boxing amongst other things. So I'm keen to sort of talk to him about that and, um, and whether he upped his weights program or whether this is just this sort of natural, as you get a bit older, you tend to fill out a bit more. Interesting to see his thoughts on that curse number six as well. That's uh, the rod now. Curtin has. Um, I'll, I'll consider asking him about that, but he probably won't give us too much about it. <laughs> What's he going to say? Yeah, it's a curse. He's going to be no good now. Be, we'll say thanks for your time, and that's about <laughs> it. Uh, Ryan Kiddo, looking forward to speaking to Ryan too. Adelaide United have their 20th anniversary uh, dinner, their big gala, which is happening in January. So contact the club if you are keen to get tickets to that. We still have our nomination for The Good Stuff very soon. You can get to The Good Stuff, 13 27, 27 thanks to Budget Car Rentals. And who's going into storage? You need mm. to have a think about that, Biggs. Mm. Yeah. Um, also, uh, the All-Australian side, we didn't really touch on that. A whole lot. South, uh, sorry, when I say South Australia, uh, the Adelaide Football Club had four. Oh, that is a big faux pas. It is. There are two teams here, That's mate. It. Yeah. But only one of them got any people in the Australian team. Oh, just be careful. I mean, you're <laughs> fatiguing at the end of 2023 and you're throwing out shade to weather presenters and now Port Adelaide Football Club. But there was someone who uh, made it for the first time. That was Danielle Ponta. So uh, let's have a listen to her. Pretty amazing. I think it's um, very surprising for me. I've told a couple of the girls I'm very surprised by it, but also very happy. And the time in the midfield that I had, um, sort of be able to work around Ebony, Marinoff and Anne Hatchard and those those girls in there, it's just great. it was great. When you have the uh, the BNF the day after you get knocked out of the finals yeah, too, it's flattening. always uh, bittersweet. Great uh, story though, Daniel Ponta. Plenty more still to come on the show. If you want to give us a call, one 736 Our sports update after the news nominations for who's going into storage. And Bix, you have a list today, remember? Bix list. That's happening at 7 o'clock, so it's going to be a big show today. SENSA Breakfast alongside Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. 
Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tyrepower.com.au. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. 27 to 7 on SENSA Breakfast. Hey, Mark Bickley, as we are sitting here in Studio Lumo, having a look at a very different Adelaide compared to yesterday, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Quick Bix, the final one of 2023 today. Yes. Well, I'm hoping to finish on a high. I think you will. I think it's going to be pretty straightforward and pretty easy today. Well, I started on a high and I maintain that high and I'm hoping to finish on a high. You've got a fair bit of arrogance about you this morning <laughs> and I don't dislike it. Flight Centre's big red sale is on with limited time offers on flights, cruises, holidays and tours. You can book now to say big as we get into our sports update. Okay, let's start with some cricket. And wicketkeeper, Victorian wicketkeeper Sam Harper has smashed the third fastest century in Sheffield Shield history, dragging Victoria out of early trouble with an extraordinary knock against South Australia. This was at Adelaide Oval yesterday. Forced to bat after losing the toss. The Vicks crumbled to four for 29 in tricky, overcast batting conditions at the Adelaide Oval. But as batting became slightly easier, Harper launched an aggressive rearguard assault against the Redbacks to help Victoria get to five for 187 by Stumps. It was Harper's third first-class century in his 44th game, bringing up the milestone in just 64 balls, a knock that included six sixes. So the Redbacks had him on the ropes. I think it was something like five for 50, or might have been less than that. So four for 29, five for 50, and unfortunately they've ended up at five for 187. So at least they got a fair bit of cricket in, which was great. About 40-odd overs bowled, so... um, Pretty fast run rate there. Well, there was a there was a really Sam fascinating moment before all of that happened yesterday because Peter Hanscom was at the crease mm-hmm. and uh, what looked like a ball that carried, I think, towards Jake Lehman. Um, the Redbacks all appealed and everything looked great, and he refused to walk off Peter Hanscom. So he said to the umpires, "No, that didn't carry," mm-hmm. and he refused to walk. And because they didn't have the third umpire that they could go to the video referral. The umpires had to have a chat with one another and say, no, you're out. And then they were having a look at the replays on the broadcast. So I haven't seen that before where he just stood there and said, no, nah, didn't carry. I'm just going to stand my ground for a while. Surely we're still in an age where Peter Hanscom just goes over to Jake Lehman and says, Jake, yep, happy with that. And if he says, I'm happy with that, you just walk. And generally, if there's- Maybe he's not a walker. If there's any doubt, though, gen- like the fielders are generally pretty good. Oh, look, it's one of those ones where I'm not sure. And and if you say you're not sure, then generally the, the batsman does stay. But it's, it's an interesting one. Mm. Um, anyway, we'll uh, we'll keep moving on. So one of the one of the suggestions was that uh, Jake Lehman had caught the ball in the end of his fingers and scraped it along the ground, where we saw in the Australian summer mm. um, during the Test series that that was causing controversy as well, and that was through the Ashes too, and when some of those decisions. Mitch Stark caught the ball and put the after he caught it, he yeah. put grounded the ball. So that's an interesting one. Um, but in the end, he had to go. Gone. See you, buddy. Oh, well, someone's got to make a call. The umpires did that. That's their job. Yep. Australia is sending more of their World Cup heroes home from India as they fly in reinforcements for the three T20 games. Abbott, Inglis, Maxwell, Stoinis, Smith and Zampa will all head home following the third T20 against India. We've talked about that. Uh, Maxwell finished on a real high there. So right now, Travis Head is the only surviving World Cup member uh, left in India for that, that final Maybe game. he's not fit to fly yet. No, don't, don't be like that. I'm sure. Like, 
he only he 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 got drunk. He didn't sort of. Uh, and the photo uh, didn't do him justice either. It was just a bad photo no, of him mate, too. He recovered surely. Yes, he'd be ready to go. Um, Matilda's captain Sam Kerr has been ruled out uh, of the two matches against Olympic champions Canada due to a foot injury. The star striker will remain in London for treatment with her place in the squad taken by midfielder Sarah Hunter, the 20-year-old earning her first senior national team call-up. So there you go. Uh, there's a few injuries, though. This call comes uh, after Charlotte Grant has been uh, named out with a hamstring. Holly McNamara's got a knee injury, Courtney Vine a hamstring. And World Cup hero goalkeeper Mackenzie Arnold will also miss the Canada game. Bit of basketball too. The Adelaide 36ers are preparing to take on the New Zealand Breakers tomorrow at five o'clock. Their assistant coach, Scott Ninnis, had a bit to say. Uh, what they did was a bit of team bonding during the uh, international break. They did some go-karting. Scott Ninnis talking about what the boys got up to. We felt that it was an opportunity to sort of, you know, get together as a group and, and you know, DJ Vasilovich hasn't been here for all that long in the whole scheme of things. So just get the group together uh, and work some more things on and off the court. You'd be happy to hear that we, uh, we on Saturday we took a laser skirmish and um, and uh, go karting. And seeing Isaac Humphreys fit into a go kart was one of the funniest things I've seen in my life. In the the boys, uh, I think it's going to be good for them. New Zealand is uh, struggling this year in the NBL, but the 36ers, um, after getting over the Phoenix last week, need to get on a bit of a winning streak if they uh, streak if they want their season to get back on track. The other news that uh, is worth mentioning, Bix, is uh, Warren Treadray. And uh, it was revealed on his podcast, uh, The Big Deal, alongside Andrew Montessi, that he's going to be running for the board for Port Adelaide. Treaders, are you... Putting your name in the hat. Yes, is the answer. That's it. It's very, very straightforward. That's I mean, pretty, isn't pretty direct, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So for the people just tuning in again for the first time, can you break this down for us? Yeah. So basically, uh, anyone who wants to apply to be, who is a member and wants to put their hand up to be on the board, you apply. There's a month, uh, there's an opening window there for a month where you put your hand up. I think. I'm guessing you get vetted to make sure you're, you know, a sound sort of person, which that'll be no problems uh, with Warren. Um, and then it goes to the members, and the members get to decide who they want to represent them on the board. So I, I don't have um, much doubt that Warren will get the get the numbers. I, I think what we've seen. Well, I'd be surprised if he didn't, because what we've seen in many other sort of clubs when ex players put their hand up and want to go on the board, compared to people that that are just members and don't really have a high public profile, generally they get elected. Would you be sort of comfortable with that statement? Yep. Mm. I'd be very comfortable with that. I'm looking forward to the opinion of Port Adelaide fans uh, on the phones, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse for the Christmas fragrance sale, which is on now. You can give us a call to talk about that. Um, Annie actually is someone who has been with us from day one, and it'd be interesting to get Annie's take on Warren Treadray, putting his hand up for the Port Adelaide board. Good morning to you, Annie. What do you think? Oh, oh, you got me on for that. I was just ringing. I was just ringing. Good morning, boys. Morning. I was just ringing up to um, wish you guys and my old mate Jason a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And thanks for the year because it's been totally awesome. And I can't wait till you're back next year. Well, thank you, Annie. You are a big Port Adelaide fan, though, so it'd be interesting to get Port Adelaide's number one fan's opinion on <laughs> Warren Treadray potentially getting on the board. 
Oh, I'm not sure at this stage. With all the with all the ruckus that was um, brought up last year, I'm just I'll obviously get to vote, um, mm. but I haven't given it much thought to be quite honest. Mm. Well, and I think <clears throat> what generally happens is often the people who are nominating they get an opportunity to share with people, whether it's a radio interview or, or different uh, forums, social media, they get a chance to tell everyone what they want to bring to the table and, and some of the, the, sort of the platform they want to be elected on. So I'm sure Warren will get the opportunity to be able to talk to Port Adelaide fans and say, look, this is what I want to bring. And it might be a little bit more uh, robust discussion, whether it be around the coach or whether it be around the football department. I'm sure he'll be able to sort of articulate that to the members before they get a chance to vote. Thank you, Annie, and thank you for your support. We uh, truly appreciate that. Bix, GoBox SA, taking the stress out of moving. Use GoBox for the easy way to move and store. Have a think about who needs to go into storage. Uh, before we get to that, just on the AFLW and the grand final, so mm. there was discussions about what was going to happen with ticketing to that for anyone who was considering going over to Victoria because it's been pretty crazy. Yeah, so the AFLW grand final is going to be in Melbourne. It's the first time that it's been played in Victoria since 2018. It's uh, slated to be played at Icon Park. Now, Icon Park is the old Princess Park. Used to have a capacity of around 30,000. Since it's been done up uh, as Carlton's home sort of training facility and the like, that has been uh, the capacity has been reduced to around 13,000. So there were talks because of strong ticket sales that it was going to be moved to Marvel Stadium. But the AFL, in its wisdom, has decided against moving it to Marvel. They will play it at Icon Park, which means that it will be a sellout. It'll be a capacity crowd of 13,000. I'm trying to work that out. So why is it in Melbourne? Because Brisbane defeated Adelaide in round one of the finals, right? Yes. So they were then... yeah. They defeated a team that was above them on the, higher than them on the ladder. So are we saying because North Melbourne is higher ranked on in the end of home and away they finished than Brisbane third yeah. and won through and so they are the highest ranking winning team so they earn the the home final. Right. Okay. Hmm. That's the as that's my understanding anyway. It's purely on percentage as well. They had such a better percentage than Brisbane to finish mm. off the AFLW season. Yeah. So so just getting back to the playing at Icon Park. I think it is better if you have people hanging off the rafters. A bit like Adelaide United, would you play at Cooper Stadium, fully jam-packed, not one spare seat, yep. or do you play at Adelaide Oval, 50,000 capacity, and have 20,000 people there, and it sort of appears that it's mm. half empty. So I think that works for me. Have it as a standalone, everyone wants to be there, it's a sellout, and it's a huge atmosphere as opposed to playing it at Marvel when having 20,000 people in a, yeah. in a, you know, a 50,000 capacity stadium. It is a quarter to seven on SENSA breakfast powered by Kubota for over 40 years. We've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Next, our nomination for who's going into storage. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tirepower.com.au. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. 10 minutes to 7 on SENSA Breakfast. Cloudy and a top of 23 degrees today. Energy from an Australian-owned company. That's Lumo SA. Big shout out to more team Hyundai at Port Adelaide too. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow. 
That's here today. Uh, Riley Philthorpe joining us in just over 30 minutes. Simon Ryan Kiddo from Adelaide United. Adelaide United ticking off a, a pretty big milestone over the weekend. I think it's the first time in A-League history that four teenagers started for an A-League team, mm-hmm. um, which was wonderful for the Adelaide United side. Uh, what Carl Viet is doing with those young kids is incredible. So uh, the uh, players that started were Nestori Irinkunda with a headband, uh, Luki Ivanovic, Giuseppe Bovolino, um, and Johnny Yell, which is awesome. The first time in club history, I should say, that four teenagers have started together in an A-League match. That's remarkable, isn't it? And well done. That, that doesn't happen by accident. That's a long sort of sort of pathways program mm. where you're sort of bringing people through and developing them. And yeah, it all happens. It all comes together and it looks great, but it's a, a number of years of development processes that have gone into that. The question you asked, Vic, 0427154166 about the AFLW grand final not being moved to Marvel Stadium, um, despite it selling out at Icon Park, um, whether you would prefer to have a, a big stadium and risk it not packing out. Tom sent in a text saying, would you rather a bigger stadium so everyone that wants to go can get a ticket? Keeping it at 13,000 is ridiculous. There'll be young girls who can't wait who can't wait to see their idols. Mm. It, like, once again, there's no right or wrong answer. It's, it's, it's the similar argument with Adelaide United playing at Cooper Stadium or playing at Adelaide Oval. As a spectacle, I think it's better when you're in a smaller ground with enormous atmosphere absolutely packed out as opposed to a bigger ground, which is going to be half full. Now, I think, you know, they might get an extra six or 7,000 people there. Maybe. Maybe the AFL know a bit more than what we do. Maybe they're, they're only, there's only two or 3,000 people that miss out and you'll get 15,000 at, at uh, Marvel and you have 13 at, at the Icon Park. So, I don't know. You are a are a football person in the world game sense, mm. you'd rather Cooper Stadium packed out or Adelaide Oval with 5,000 extra people or 10,000 extra people? For atmosphere, Cooper Stadium every day of the week. Mm-hmm. But it depends on what the what intentions are and what they're trying to do. But I also know that um, it might be a poor comparison, but Brisbane, North Melbourne in the AFL men's competition wouldn't pack out Marvel Stadium. Mm. So because it's a grand final, are you saying it will? Or... I don't know. If you if you really want to go, they're getting your tickets early. I think if they thought there was going to be 30-plus thousand, they would play it at, at Marvel. If it was pick a team, let's say it was Collingwood versus Essendon, or let's say it was North Melbourne playing another Victorian club uh, and they thought it was going to get over 30, I, I suspect they probably think it's going to fit somewhere between 13 and 20, and they're saying – that if you get 18,000 people in Marvel, it won't look full. Mm. Whereas if you, you'll get some, you get Icon Park and it'll be overflowing and that'll be a great atmosphere. It's mm. a good point. All right. So what we like to do each Wednesday morning is we celebrate the good stuff, but also really importantly, we uh, put someone into storage. Oh, what's in the box? So you're chucking in there, Mark Bickley. We do uh, putting out into storage alongside GoBox SA, the easy way to move in store. Yep. Well, what we've done this morning is, we've already mentioned it, but the World Cup heroes are being put into storage. They're being packed onto a plane and they're being shipped back to Australia. Glenn Maxwell played overnight. He is done. Uh, they've played two uh, two games of the, of the T20 series. Maxwell comes back. Josh Inglis comes back to Australia. Marcus Stoiner, Steve Smith, Adam Zampa, Sean Abbott. All done. So they will no longer 
uh, play in that T20 series, which leaves just Travis Head as the only victorious member from that uh, ICC Cricket 50 Over World Cup who is remaining. Everyone else is gone. So McDermott, Philippi, uh, uh, Dwarshus and Chris Green are the people that have been sent over there to replace them. So this is where it gets farcical because Australia have one player from the World Cup. India have two players. So out of a total of 22 players, there are three that are still playing in this series. Mm. So it's not really all that representative, is it, of you know, sort of high end, you know, win at all costs to two countries putting their best teams out there. I don't think so. And that's why I think sometimes there's a little bit too much cricket. And look, it's a good opportunity for the selectors to have a look at a few players to see how they go. But even look at Kane Richardson, who isn't really playing domestically at the moment since he's moved up to, to Queensland. Mm. And he's over there. He played in the game last night. Mm. So what are they trying to achieve? Are they putting together a squad preparing for the next ICC T20 Men's World Cup. I'm not really too sure. It's a, it's an interesting one. Um, Stuart on the text line uh, says, Tegan Micah was incredible with her debut for Liverpool in the WSL. Um, Arnold has some competition for a keeper spot in the Matildas, potentially. So Liverpool winning 4-0 over Brighton and Hove Albion over the weekend or Monday night. So um, a young footballer making a mark over so in the... talk to me about Tegan Micah because that's the first time I've ever heard of that name. Yep. So she is was one of the um backups for um Arnold in the World Cup. Uh she's part of yeah part of the squad and it was her starting debut. So she gets over to Liverpool, which is brilliant for her. Amazing. Um she was born in nineteen seventy seven. So she's in her early twenties. So uh, not nineteen ninety seven, not nineteen seventy seven. She's twenty nineteen seventy seven so she's uh <laughs> Uh, in her fifties at the moment, <laughs> not quite. Not quite. <laughs> no, not quite. Um, on, on the cricket front as well, Bix. Um, let, let's have a listen to the head coach of the Australian men's uh, cricket team because I, I loved reading yesterday um, the discussion between Matt Renshaw, Marcus Harris, and Cam Bancroft. Uh, who is going to take over that spot that David Warner will leave out? And Andrew McDonald would ask about this yesterday in relation to the PM's eleven. I think it's another opportunity for for them. It's a potentially is a, is a slightly higher level than Shield cricket um, in in terms of an Australia A or a Prime Minister's eleven game against a, a good opposition. We know that they're good players. They've played Test cricket before, and yeah, all three are, are coming again. They've all had an opportunity to play mm. too. It was Renshaw that went over as part of the uh, Ashes squad. Do you see Bancroft having an opportunity again for Australia? Oh, uh, look. I think all of them are capable. They've all, they've all played test cricket before. I saw some comments yesterday. I can't remember. It was a, some former players saying, I'm not sure what more Bancroft has to do. He's uh, been in really good form so far this year. Look, I don't think, I, I don't know. I tend to lean towards Renshaw. I don't know why. Maybe just because, you know, we've seen him play for the strikers and, you know, he, he made that such a great start. He's big and powerful. and I don't know, but I'm, I'm not a cricket aficionado. I think, all three of those players are capable. And I'll tell you what, it's, it's, if, you, if you get the opportunity against the opposition you're going to be playing against, which is Pakistan and West Indies, yep. what an opportunity it is because you've got a fair chance of <laughs> actually having some sort of modicum of success. So um, all three of those, it's, you know, like I say, it could come down to who has a, who has a, a decent innings in this Prime Minister's eleven, you know, there'll be some some good players they'll be playing against if they 
one of them gets it right, that might just be enough to get them over the line. And we did see in the, I think, Channel 7 little preview to the summer of cricket that apparently Nathan Lyon's yeah, out, David yeah. Warner's out, Uzi Kawaj is out. This is Andrew McDonald talking about how they handled the potential retirements of a few players. You never put a deadline on on players. I think people have speculated around Usman Kawaja and David Warner and Steve Smith, and no doubt they'll be having the conversations with with their network and and they're sort of having the conversation with us as well. Um, but I'm a big believer that you don't know when the end date is, and sometimes players when they get to 36, 37, start to hit the peak of their powers, and we've seen with with other um, players in other nations as well. So to put an end date on a player, I think. A bit scary. It's almost like he's just waiting to see how many runs they score or wickets they take too. Well, I don't quite don't understand that because he mentioned David Warner and no one's got a deadline and it's it's dangerous to put an end date on it. Hasn't he put an end date on it? <laughs> Hasn't he said at the end of Sydney, that's it. I'm not playing anymore. So maybe he's talking about as a coach, him putting an end date on a player as opposed to the player putting his own end date on his own career. I don't know. But um, look, I think Australia is ripe for regeneration. And yeah, it has to start happening soon because yeah, you've got lots of players who are on the wrong side of 35. (laughs) used to say on the wrong side of 30, but in cricket, 30 is young now, isn't it? But you know, they're pushing up 37 and, and onwards. So you have to start that regeneration. So you don't go through a period where you lose... Three in one year or four in one year. So let's let's start making that happen. You can rush into Chemist Warehouse for the Christmas fragrance sale on now. A uh, text before the news, 0427-154-166. The Adelaide United grand final at Adelaide Oval has been the best atmosphere for any United games in their history. When uh, Isaias got the free kick, there's never been allowed a cheer at a United game. Yeah, 50,000 people there, though, yep. that day. So we're not talking – how would have that been if there was 19,000? Would it have been a better atmosphere at Cooper's – full or is it better to have 19 or 21 or 23 at Adelaide Oval? So I'm all for it. If it's going to be full, that'd be great. But if you get, if the capacity of Icon is 13 to 14 and you're thinking that 18 might turn up and you play 18 at Marvel Stadium in a 53,000 stadium capacity, I'm just not sure that's a better look. Bix has got a list. He's going to get into it after the news and the final quick Bix of 2023. Your local tyre power. Holiday getaway sale. Get four for the price of three on Falcon Wild Peak all-terrain tyres. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow. That's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Two minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast. Breakfast powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Uh, Bix still to come on the show before 8 o'clock this morning. We're going to chat to uh, Riley Thilthorpe from the Adelaide Crows. The next six songs that will define 2024 for the football teams around Australia. Just to give you an idea of what happened yesterday. This is for Adelaide. High hopes. Yes. Brisbane Lions, Katy Perry, Raw. This is for Carlton. Journey, don't stop believing. Moving to Collingwood, DJ Khaled, all I do is win. Essendon was challenging because, let's be honest, no one knows. (laughs) 
and finishing off the top six yesterday was Fremantle's Beauty School Dropout. They've dropped out of relevance. No one wants to be there. They're in a bit of a hole, aren't they? Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how they react. Bit of feedback on the text line, 0427-154-166 from Will, because yesterday I said Brisbane should have Katy Perry's Raw, um, and the song says I've got the eye of the tiger. So what does Will say on the text line, Bix, about uh, my song selection a little bit later on today? He says, really hope Jared's thong- song is The Lion Sleeps Tonight. Mm. Thong? In the jungle, the mighty jungle. Yeah, you, you see, well, he's having a crack at me, though. Mm, I know, because you, you flipped them around. Well, you only have one job, and you can't get it right. Well, how are you going with your job over there at the moment, getting your uh, list ready to go today, all right? Just so, finalising that Oh, right yeah, now. you've done a lot of preparation for this <laughs> one. SNSA Breakfast, top five. Mike Bickley has a list. How's it going? It's done. <laughs> no, I just had, there was a bit of deliberation about number five, because... The first four really picked themselves. Oh, did they? Okay. This is what I'm going with. I'm doing the five biggest stories, football stories in Adelaide this year. Okay. okay? You've got so, time to let it breathe as well. So let's, let's really unpack it all. Yeah. So the fifth one, I was tossing up between two. Okay. Well, are you starting at number one or number five? Number five. You always start at number five. Well, sometimes with your list or the five things you learn, you get confused with yeah, numbers. Well, the five things I learn aren't really in order. They're just five things I learn across the weekend. This is the okay. top five story. So we're going to start with number five. Yes. And I'll tell you the two I was tossing up between. The one that didn't make it. So this is effectively number six, but it, you know, it's the top Oh, five. my gosh. Already it's now top six. No. With Port Adelaide making the big calls. Well, they made some big calls this year in terms of Tom Jonas, their skipper, was left out of the side at different stages. Travis Boak was made the sub or mm. was not named and then came in as the sub. So that just missed. But that was that's pretty big calls by Port Adelaide and Ken Hinckley to do that. Um, so that, that just missed. But the number five story was, unfortunately for Port fans, going out to GWS. So they lost their two finals. And they played a home final against the Giants. Couldn't get it done. That was that's a big story, and that I guess ripped the scab off what has been sort of a bit of a festering sore around the minor round form versus the major round mm. form, and it's been something that has uh, you know it's it's dog Ken Hinckley, and that's what has created a lot of ire amongst Port Adelaide fans, and particularly after he was reappointed. Now, is it is it fair? Oh, look. That Port Adelaide were weren't at their best in terms of injury and form compared to a, a white hot GWS who went within a kick of making the grand final. So in the end, they couldn't get it done. So that was a pretty big story here in Adelaide. the The fourth biggest story I thought this season in Adelaide was the collision where Alia Alia was knocked out or, or appeared to be knocked out, um, and then went off and then came back onto the ground. So that was the the collision with Lockie Jones in the showdown. That was a huge story, created um, a massive fanfare around. Uh, did Were the protocols followed mm. correctly? And there's a little bit of fallout from that uh, on the back of that. So that was the fourth biggest story. The third biggest story, it was a good news story for the Adelaide Football Club. And that was the 10 goals from Taylor Walker in his 250th game Unbelievable. You can probably chuck the whole form of Taylor Walker for the whole year as a huge story. 75 goals, but the 10 
I think he became the, the fifth player for the Adelaide Football Club to do it. It's the most goals he'd ever kicked. To do it in a milestone game was absolutely phenomenal. And the atmosphere in that game was enormous. Uh, the second biggest story was around Ken Hinckley, the claims that uh, after three rounds that his position was untenable. He then went on to coach his side to 13 straight wins, which yep. was just phenomenal. They got on a, a huge roll. And we came up with the headline of untenable, remember, for 10 in a row. We called that early. Not we. That was you. No, we're a team here. Okay. Um, so well played there. So Thanks. the 13-game the winning streak after the untenable claim – and the number one news story of the year was the goal umpiring decision in round 24, Adelaide v Sydney. What potentially could have been a match-winning goal was uh, deemed to have hit the post when it actually didn't and potentially cost Adelaide a spot in the final. Now, when I say potentially, most people would say it did, but maybe You're being measured. Sydney had 70 seconds to score after it went back to the centre square, mm. You know, even though they haven't done that all year. But... That was a huge story and the repercussions were sort of felt for the next three weeks after that. So there's my top five. It's a heavily researched list and you executed it to perfection, Mark Bickley. If you have anything you want to add to Bix's top five, which became six, it can be anything. Um, let us know. Call us one 736 736 Before we head into Quick Bix, just some Champions League scores. Uh, games are being played at the moment. AC Milan and Brisha Dortmund are currently one all at the 40th minute. Some other notable games. Newcastle are leading PSG at the 40th minute. Uh, one nil. Barcelona. And Porto are locked away at one all. And Man City are down 2-0 to RB Leipzig, German mm. side, which is uh, quite unusual for Man City to be losing in the Champions League. How's uh, my team from the Ukraine going? What's, what's that team? I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm trying to put my support behind them. Okay. Well, once you work out what your team's called, then I can find out for <laughs> oh, you, was okay? the Ukrainian team playing last time you were reading out the Champions League. I'm sorry to put you on the spot like that, but I was just... I'm just interested because they're doing it tough. They yeah, but all supporters. I'm saying is if you support the team, find out what the team's called and I'll be able to help you out. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by <laughs> Lumo Energy SA. Quick picks after this. Keeping you safe on the roads. Tirepower.com.au. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. Quarter past seven on SENSA Breakfast. Riley Philthorpe going to join us really soon from the Crows and Brian Kiddo Drama. from Adelaide United. Drama in the tea room. What's happening? I was trying to get us a coffee and the coffee machine wasn't working and I had a fight with it. And in the end, I've, I've got to go back out there next break and try and bring our coffees back in. I'm sorry. So just to give you an idea of what happens here at SENSA, I think because we're in our second last show of the year and who knows if we'll be back next year. Um, <laughs> I press all the buttons here. Yeah, yeah. I do all of the research. No, 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 not all. 95%. Sorry, Jace does the other five. <laughs> um, you rock up late. You sit down and you say, hey, guys, I'm the talent. Now, the now, reason you're having issues with the coffee machine is yeah. because I make you coffee every day. No. I gave you a Barocca this morning. No. You go to the bathroom and you turn the light off and it's fluorescent. <laughs> it's glow in the dark. Let's just stop because I've let you go long enough. That's None of that is true except that you push the buttons. 
I like to come think, over this side of the desk and push one of the buttons. No, no, See no. how you go. Well, I, I'm that's it. I'm not qualified to do that, and I like the, and I'll stay in my lane because you are very good. In actual fact, you're the best. You're the best button pusher I've ever worked with, which is great. <laughs> you make all the little intros to the to our little segments, and you're a star at that. But I take uh, umbrage. Mm. When you say that you make the coffees all the time, because okay. that's not the case. Because I understand that I don't bring a lot to the table in terms of the technical. Let me stuff. ask you so one question. You. I've got a question before we get into quick picks. Yes. Without looking at your iPad or computer screen, what is the name of your Ukrainian football team playing in the Champions League? Shakhtar Donetsk. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, is it? You were close. Shakhtar Donetsk. Yeah, there you go. And they they got the win today. Yes. Antwerp, they defeated 1-0, but they're in a tough group. They're sitting third at the moment behind Barcelona and Porto. So they're in group Don't H. Don't discount them. They can take on the big guns. They've proven that. Oh, okay. Now, there are some people that may have accidentally flicked onto SENSA this morning. Explain how QuickBix works because this is the last time we're playing this year. Yes. So you have uh, come up with six questions yep. and you challenge me. Generally, there's a theme to it and I get 10 seconds deliberation. I get one extension. Sometimes you have rather tricky ones that might need some uh, some thinking time so I can have an extension if I need it. Okay. Wonderful. Today is the season review of quick picks. So things that have happened in 2023 in sport. Okay. So it should be pretty easy, okay? Let's get into it, Mark Bickley. Question one. How many goals did the Matildas score in the FIFA Women's World Cup? A, 9, B, 10, C, 11. Are we including penalties in this? Nope. A, 9, B, 10... I'm going to go C11. A9, B10, C11. What did you say? 11. Incorrect. What was it? B10. Hmm. That's a shame. Question two. Port Adelaide's winning streak was a talking point. Which team did they start their winning streak with and what team did they end it with? I definitely know what they started with. Started against Sydney with that Aaliyah save on the line. Who did they end it with? The winning streak or who ended their winning streak? Who ended their winning streak? Who ended their winning streak? It wasn't Adelaide, was it? Carlton. Zip from two. And I thought it was going to be easy. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh! Unbelievable. Brain fade this morning. This morning? What? I've been pretty good at this most of the year. Question three. The Adelaide Giants won the baseball championship in 2023. What is the name of the trophy? I think I know this one. I am hoping... It's still called the Claxton Shield. Yeah, I had to be really particular in how I said that because if I said shield, it will make it even easier. Mm. So well done. Question four. Taylor Walker was the Crows' leading goal kicker for a fifth consecutive year. Mm. Who was the winner before him? Fifth consecutive. Go 
with Josh Jenkins or Eddie Betts? Who shall I go with? <laughs> I'll go with Josh Jenkins. Correct. Well done. Good job. Question five. The Denver Nuggets slash Broncos were the 2023 NBA champions. Nikola Jokic, your man, the MVP of the finals. Who did they defeat? You've picked a sport that I'm not solid in. Just need an answer, mate. Was it Boston Celtics? This is unbelievable. This, you can't win. You can't win. Who was it? Miami Heat. You can't win. This is unbelievable. This is oh, <laughs> unbelievable. I've limped to the line. I Last one. It. In total, how many AFL debutantes did Adelaide and Port Adelaide have combined in 2023? Oh. You haven't used your extension oh, no, yet. I'm gonna use, I'll, I'll have to use it in a second. You have 30 seconds to answer this because we, we'll go off it. <laughs> how many debutantes? Quick, give us Adelaide's. Um, Adelaide's debutantes were, oh, I can't even think of any. Give I'll, us a number. I'll, I'll say Adelaide had. Wait, okay, hold on, hold on. Have a think about it, okay? Do not cheat. We'll come back with your answer. I'm okay. going to give you gonna, time gonna, to think. No, gonna, don't look. I'm going to write them write down. Write them down. Yeah, don't look. We will come back with your answer after this. Okay. On Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow. That's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. 27 minutes past seven. A breakfast powered by Kubota for over 40 years. We've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. If you have just tuned in. We are at the final question of Quick Picks for 2023. We needed to take a breather because it was going for so long. The final question, Mark Bickley, and currently you had the first one incorrect, the second one incorrect, the third correct, the fourth correct, the fifth incorrect. So I'm going to say this one is worth double points. Okay. You get this right, you are going to be the winner of Quick Picks for 2023. So, I, so just repeat the question. In total, how many AFL debutants did Adelaide and Port Adelaide have combined? So AFL debutants. So that so for example, Tyler Brown played his first game for Adelaide in round one last year. Is he an AFL debutant for Adelaide or mate? I'm the one who asked the questions. Okay, just answer it any way that you would like to answer well, it. It's pretty straightforward if you think about the question. Okay, so I'm going to say no, he's not. So Tyler Brown is out, and so is Mark Keane, and so is Isaac Rankin. They all debuted for Adelaide. So I'm going to go with Adelaide. I've got Max Michaelini, Luke Nankervis, and and James Borlas. Three, I'm saying. Mm -hmm. How am I going? Just answer the questions, please. Okay. Now, Port Adelaide is a lot more challenging. I'm going to go with Hugh Jackson and Dylan Williams. Are they... <laughs> what? Port Adelaide's debutantes yeah. were Ollie Lord. Oh, good Lord. And Dante Vicentini. Hugh Jackson had played before, had he? Yes. Oh, dear. Bix. I'm sorry, Hugh and, and Dylan. And I'm sorry, Ollie and... Dante. So what does that mean? I got half right, so I got one point. 
Oh, no. Double points. So it means you don't lose. I drew. You don't win. Oh, how <laughs> underwhelming. Oh, sorry, everyone. I was so excited to celebrate as well. Oh, that's okay. Riley Philthorpe joins us straight after the news on SENSA. Morn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 27 to 8 on SENSA Breakfast. Uh, a bit of feedback coming through from uh, Quick Bick straight away. Hugh Jackson hasn't played a game at all, Mark Bickley. So um, it's a real scathing bit of uh, well, feedback. The more scathing part was you said he played last year. Yeah, I just agree with you because I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I just agree with you because what was happening was the mu- when the music plays as we go to uh, uh, ad break or the news, it just cuts us off straight away. We don't have any control over that. So I was just trying to wrap you up as quick as possible. You're I, the expert. I thought Hugh might have made it onto the field as the sub uh, one or two games late in the year. But anyway, uh, no, uh, no cigar for me. Thank you, Michael, for straightening me up. Someone who is going to feature heavily in Adelaide's uh, hopes to get back into the top eight in 2024 is our next guest who Bix said is looking in ripping Nick at the moment. He's filled out. Bix came in glowing talking about him. <laughs> Riley Philpthorpe, good morning to you. How does that make you feel that Mark Bickley is just endorsing your body at the moment? <laughs> <laughs> hey boys, how are you? Yeah. Uh, nah, it's pretty massive. Pretty good for the self confidence. So no. <laughs> good on you, mate. Hey, just just on that, has there been much physical difference? I know maybe it's the fact we haven't seen you for a couple of months, and you're out there and you're, you know, you're singlet and running around up close. You you look a bit bigger. Is, is has there been any sort of weight put on or size at all? Uh, yeah, probably a kilo, kilo or two. So that was definitely a focus going into the office. So um, I'm glad you noticed. Glad someone noticed. Um, <laughs> But nah, feeling a bit stronger and yeah, feeling pretty good at the moment. So it's good. Had a chat with Darren Burgess and he uh, we were just discussing, um, you know, the players and who had changed their shape. And he said you'd varied your uh, pre-season or off-season a little bit where you had traditionally done a lot of running, but you were doing a bit more sort of, uh, he mentioned boxing and a few other bits and pieces so that you yeah gave your body a chance to put some size on. Yeah, nah, well, yeah, sort of at the end of last year, um, had a pretty good indication the coach wanted me to put on a bit of size and um, potentially being the fittest probably wasn't as important. Um, so, yeah, this, this off-season had a massive focus on putting on weight, getting stronger. Um, and then, yeah, the boxing stuff has been, been really good. Can I ask what you do specifically to put on weight, though, Riley? Like, do you, how much do you... Asking for a friend, Jared? No, I I am. So when they say go and put on weight, does that mean you can just eat whatever you want or do you still have to be pretty strict with your diet? Unfortunately, I'm not one of those boys that can eat whatever they want. Um, I can tend to put on weight pretty quickly. So it's about putting on the right type of weight, putting on muscle. Um, So, yeah, just a lot of protein and getting the diet right and then just just a lot of gym. Yeah. So, you know, you did a review and you mentioned the coach wanted you to put a bit more size on. What are some of the other things that he wants you to work on? Because now, you know, the work does start. You get amongst your teammates and you can do some some football improvement. What are you looking to improve over the preseason? Yeah, definitely my consistency. Um, I want to be a consistent player um, and, you know, relied upon by the boys and trusted. Um, and yeah, sort of the repeat lead stuff was another big one. Um, yeah, I tend to, I've always been able to sort of run all day, but being able to do those short repeat leads um, was sort of a big focus coming in. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm guessing you feel a bit more comfortable now. What is this your third preseason? And, and I guess there's nerves around that when you come out for the first time and, and obviously a little bit of pressure after being a high draft pick. You feel a lot more comfortable in your own skin these days? 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, I feel right at home here. The club's um, but I was obviously so welcoming when I first got here, but it's a bit tough when you don't really know anyone and uh, you're trying to learn what, what it takes to sort of be an AFL footballer. Um, so now that I've got a bit of experience under my belt and sort of know what it takes, uh, I'm feeling a lot more comfortable and, yeah, just ready to crack in this, this preseason. We have a look externally about players that stood out in 2023. Riley, you're closer to it and you've had a, a little time now and a little sample size to have a look at some of the faces at the club. Who are you excited about seeing moving into 2024 that could really start impacting the AFL or push for selection? Um, well, Ranks is in unbelievable nick at the moment. Um, he's one that I'm definitely excited for. He's obviously not pushing for selection. Um, hopefully sort of all Australian type of stuff, but... um. No, he's, he's looking really good. Um, I think Nankervis uh, is running really well. He's he's looking a million bucks at the moment, so hopefully he can push to sort of play all year. And um, a lot of the younger boys have come in really well as well, like the, the draftees. They're all looking really good. So uh, it should be pretty tough for selection this year, which means we're going all right. We had a couple of texts about Isaac Rankin. Can you break that down for us? When you say he's looking incredible, what specifically are you noticing about the way that he's moving? Uh, well, I ran with him a bit in the off-season and he was um, just flying, like sort of leading the pack, which is, um, I don't know if that's what he did at Gold Coast, but um, yeah, he's as fit as I've ever seen him. Um, and then even at training yesterday, doing double pirouettes to get out of trouble and stiff-arming blokes on day one is pretty, <laughs> it's pretty special. You don't see that too often. So um, yeah, I'm really excited for the year for him. Mm, yeah, he did look in really good shape and looks really lean and, and, uh, and sort of hardened like he's... Um, like he, Probably had some injury concerns at the Gold Coast Suns where he couldn't consistently get on the park. But it looks like his body really is now in good shape. I'm interested, sort of getting back to you, uh, Riley, in terms of where you spend your time in the preseason. I know last year you did a fair bit of work on your ruck craft. Is that something you'll continue to work on or will it be a real focus on, on some of that uh, sort of forward craft and contested marking or is it a combination of both? Yeah, I think it'll be a bit of a combination. Um I think I'm starting in the forward group for sort of pre-Christy and then I might work back um, into the ruck sort of after after Christmas. So we'll see how we go. But, yeah, it'll definitely be a combination of both. Um, definitely a lot of marking and um, that sort of stuff. So what happens now? You, you trained for a couple of weeks and then what are your plans over Christmas? Yeah, we're pretty lucky. We've got a really good break this year. So we've got, we got three weeks pre-Christy and then a three-week break. Um, so, yeah, we'll train half of these three weeks and then, the boys are pretty good. Like we all hang around a bit and train together. Um, I think in the off season, we sort of got 20 blokes to sessions at times. So um, we'll still train together as a group and try and stay together and, and hold each other accountable. So it'll, be, it'll pre- be pretty good. I reckon. Now, Riley, we need to ask you this because you have a new player at the team, the rod, Dan Curtin. First of all, <laughs> have you got a nickname for him yet? Bix went with rod a little while ago. Have you come up with a nickname? No, not yet. Um, I'm not the nickname guy. It's, I'll leave that to like Lockie Murphy and, and Tex. Okay. Um, so I think we're still, still waiting for something to stick out that we can uh, yeah, stick him with, I guess. Well, something we'll that see, we'll see what happens. Something that does stick out is the number that he will be wearing moving into 2024, and it's a highly talked about number. I mean, it was discussed that Isaac Rankin has moved into 23, which is wonderful. But that number six, when he found out that he had the number six, was there a bit of hesitancy from the fellow Crows teammates to not touch the curse number six, or this could be the player that breaks the curse? No, nah, I reckon he's going to break it. I reckon we'll be all right. <laughs> well, he's, um, he's nah, at the other end of the ground, so to mods. So that might be that might be enough to shake it. 
Yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Mm. Um, nah, he's, he's looking really good. We're, we're all really excited to see him um, and what he can do over the preseason and then going into the year. Now, there, there was one other uh, interesting character out at training yesterday, and that was a, a young gentleman by the name of Carl Gallagher, who is from Ireland. Uh, did you get a chance to have a look at him, and, and what are some of his attributes? Yeah, I was talking to Hamish, the um, head recruiter, about him the other day, and he's saying he can take a grab. Um, he's one of the, the best Gaelic uh, players um, up there in Ireland, so um, I think he's going to be a really good player. His kick's, kick's pretty solid for someone who's never kicked a football before, and uh, he's pretty clean, so I'm excited to see what he can do. Still haven't really understood understood a word he said, but um, <laughs> good to have him. Well, I had a quick chat with him. He was standing with Mark Keane. You're right. We we, we interviewed him on the uh, one the Crows uh, live stream. I think we were thinking about putting subtitles up because we, oh. just to make sure we can understand him. <laughs> he was speaking a bit fast. I said, have you interacted much with the players? And he said the most thing that most uh, advice that the players had given him was to make sure he wore a lot of sunscreen. He was a little bit pale, young Carl. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be lathering him up, making sure he doesn't um, get too burnt down here in the, the Adelaide sun. But, uh, yeah, no, he'll be right. <laughs> mm, and he's got a good uh, mentor there in, in uh, Mark, Mark Keane, who's just made his way back to Australia as well. Riley, thank you so much for your time, mate. We appreciate having a bit of fun. But um, I know a lot of the Adelaide fans are excited to hear um, what you've been able to do in the off-season and uh, it gets them excited to see what Isaac Rankin will be able to do in 2024 as well. So um, enjoy the next couple of weeks, but most importantly, stay safe over the break and we'll talk to you in 2024. Sounds good. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Riley. Riley Silthorpe joining us there uh, from the Adelaide Crows, and uh, he's an exciting prospect, Bix. Well, this is you mentioned Isaac Rankin. So Isaac Rankin's pick three, effectively. That's what he was taken mm. with by the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, Riley Silthorpe was pick two. That's the absolute cream of the crop. You've got some other great players. You know, you're talking about Rochelle at, at six and others, you know, Chase Jones in the top 10, and, and they're really good talent. But the top three is really the, the cherry on top of the icing, isn't it? So that's what you want. You need those guys to become, you mentioned Isaac Rankin, become all Australians, become stars of the competition. And that's what Adelaide fans are hoping is going to happen over the next couple of years with both Isaac and Riley Thilthorpe. They seemed to make their choice early in the season, didn't they? Because they went with Elliot Himmelberg in the first couple of games, Matthew Nick's last uh, last season. Um, and then there was the question mark of when Riley's going to step back in. But you, you have this feeling um, that when he has consistent game time under his belt, he's really going to take the competition by storm. For me, it's, it's a self-confidence thing. Mm. I, I, you know, like we, we see it so often and people talk about, oh, that's his breakout game. The breakout game means you have a game where you, you know, you kick five or six goals or you take 10 contested marks and you, in your own head, you say, I truly believe that I can dominate at this level. Now, Riley's kicked, kicked five goals in his first game, in fact, but I think it's been more of a belief issue going forward. So when he truly believes that he belongs at the level and can, can play really good footy consistently at the level, I think it'll all come in a hurry for him. But right, you know that's that's the next step for him. So that that's where he's at <clears throat> right now. And when you think about it, wasn't in the team at the start of the year. You mentioned that Riley Thilthorpe, uh, I'm sorry, um, Himmelberg, uh, Elliot Himmelberg started in front of him, and it, unfortunately he dropped out of the team late in the year. So this is a crucial year, 
crucial year for Riley Thilthorpe now, Lake Footy Club. Uh, if you wanted to give us some thoughts on Riley Thilthorpe and Crows fans, how are you feeling about moving into next year? 0427 154 166. Next, though, we are getting into the next crop of teams and the songs that will define their 2024 Mark Bickley on SENSA. It's going to be 23 degrees today. Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tyrepower.com.au. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Ten minutes to eight on SENSA Breakfast. Uh, eight rhymes with mate. And speaking of mate, one of our mates, Ryan Kiddo from Adelaide United, their captain, is going to join us after eight o'clock. Fanning him internet without the fast picks before the songs that will define 2024-0427-154-166. We were smashed earlier. Well, Both no. you and I. Michael's really direct well, with no, his text messages. He is. He's just giving us a little bit of feedback. We need which, it. Which we enjoy. Hugh Jackson hasn't played yet. For both of you not to know that is laughable. Mm. Now, for anyone that's just tuned in, we had a quiz. You asked me about the uh, Port Adelaide debutants. Quick picks. I thought that Hugh Jackson may have been a debutant for Port Adelaide this year. He hasn't played. Yep. Uh, you weren't quite sure either, but you know, like I just had a quick look. The club, in their sort of end of year sort of review, said that Hugh Jackson elevated his game, coming close to breaking into the AFL lineup and being named as an AFL emergency on multiple occasions. So mm. he was very, very close, and I thought that he may have slipped in as the sub for one of the games. So apologies, Michael, we didn't quite get that right. You're the expert. I'm the music guy. Yesterday, I thought I would start playing songs that would define 2024 for the AFL teams going in alphabetical order. This is what we came up with for yesterday. For Adelaide, it was Panic at the Disco, High Hopes, High Hopes Finals. High Hopes indeed for Adelaide. Brisbane Lions, Raw by Katy Perry. Carlton's journey, Don't Stop Believing. Back to the 80s. For Collingwood, it was DJ Khaled. All I do is win. All very positive after this stage. Very positive until we get to Essendon. Queen to the Stone Age, no one knows. And for Fremantle, it was Greece, beauty school dropout. They're just dropping out of everything. Now, you gave them a bit of a whack, didn't you, really? Yeah. I think they shocked everybody this season. I mean, last season. It's really weird at this time of the year because you say <laughs> last year, but it's still this year. You know what I mean? It's uh, last season this year. <laughs> okay. Let's get into the next six. Starting off with Geelong. This is the song that will define Geelong in 2024. This is the uh, Goo Goo Dolls with Slide. Wow. I don't think Geelong will make finals. Yeah, but where were they last year? They will slide further down the ladder. <laughs> okay. I think... Um, They're on a slippery slope. Their, their plan has worked, but it's a kind of short-term plan. It's the farewell tour for Tom Hawkins. Um, Paddy D. Yeah. I don't I don't think they're going to do that much damage. The game's down at GMHBA, maybe, but there is Geelong's slide. Let's get into the Gold Coast Suns. Michael Bublé's feeling good. New dawn, new day, new life. 
like feeling it. pretty good at the moment. Gold Coast at their best last year were like they were at their best every year. <laughs> then they disappointed, but with Damien Hardwick there. Four new first-round draft picks. Yeah, I think it could be all right for the Suns. Jed, Jed Walter, the number two pick or three pick. Yep. So there's the Gold Coast Suns. How am I going so far? Yeah, I like that. That was got me up and about. I like right? it. Yeah. GWS. Because you had a bad day. You take one down. You sing a sad song just to change. This is Daniel Powder's bad day. Now, I think they had a bad day against Collingwood in the prelim final. I lost by a point. Yeah. Still side bottom. Mark went on the line. Toby Green. So I think they had a bad day and not bad trajectory. Not a bad team. Tom Green, All-Australian, could be the best midfielder in the competition moving into 2024. So Mm. I'm just saying the Giants had a bad day, not a bad season, and not a bad future. I reckon you're underplaying that. Why? Because Adam Kingsley, in his first year, improved them massively, and I think they'll build again. I I said they had a bad day, but that doesn't mean they're going to have a bad 2024. I mean, did you want to do the music? You're still working on your list from before. Keep going. Hawthorne. There's always going to be another mountain. I'm always going to want to make him move. This is Miley Cyrus with The Climb. <laughs> I think they will climb up the ladder. We saw Hawthorne having some impressive wins in 2023 against some impressive teams. There's a few rungs to climb. Yeah, I think so. But I think Jack Gunston coming back, I think, is going to make a huge difference for Hawthorne. Really? Yeah, I do. I really think his experience, his accuracy, and what he can do in front of goal, but he's not going to be the number one banana there, too. Well, he wasn't the number one banana at, at Brisbane. He, no, he only played half a season because he the, kind of couldn't get on the park. He omitted himself. No, like, I like Jack, and I think he, he has something to add, but I, I think if if that song is the climb, he's, he's on the other side of the mountain. He's just descending. But that's not to say he can't play a part. The Melbourne Football Club. Well, here we go. So the, the title of this song is Wannabe. And I reckon Melbourne are going to be wannabes in 2024. Oh, well, be they careful. Were, they were all talk this year and then they went out in straight sets. There's been a challenging off-season for them. It's a positive having uh, Max Gorn just focusing on what Max Gorn is going to do. But um, I don't think they're going to trouble for a flag in 2024. Wow. I think... I've got this feeling about Melbourne. It'll go one of two ways. Mm. It'll either work in their favour. Like often when you're challenged, it galvanises the group. Yep. And there's a real chance that they may be galvanised. If, if you think about Clayton Oliver, and and like, let's not forget, he's probably been in the top four players in the competition over the last five or six years. And they're talking about he hasn't been at the standard <laughs> off the field. Mm. Imagine if he gets himself organised, what, what might happen? And add in Petrarca and Gorn and all those other guys, Lever and May, who realise that this is getting really critical for them. The moment is now because it's starting to pass them by. I think they might surprise. Okay. Last one for today is North Melbourne. Mm. Any thoughts of where this could go? Uh, no. Surprise me. Here it is. Teach me how to things. <laughs> can only get better. 
your savings for West Coast. Oh, no. <laughs> this is D-Ream with uh, Things Can Only Get Better. Surely they can't get much worse. Well, they've got, they've got 37 first-round draft picks. Yep. <laughs> you think it's got to start to get there soon. They've got the super coach, uh, who I think um, had a little bit of time away from the game. Let's hope refreshed, invigorated, and the competition needs 18 competitive sides. Yep. And there's been times when two of them haven't been. That's West Coast and North Melbourne. So... Let's hope that they start to make in, make some inroads into sort of improving this year. Okay, so there's the six for today, Bix. I'll get your quick thoughts, whether it's a yay or an A as we no. go through them again. So starting off with Geelong, it was Slide from the Goo Goo Dolls. Um, this is one of the ones where I think that's been played for Geelong for the last six years. Okay. So we'll see how that goes. Gold Coast Suns, Michael Bublé's feeling good. Loved it. GWS, Daniel Powder, bad day. Think you're hard on him. Hawthorne, Miley Cyrus, the climb. Yes, I like it. Melbourne, Spice Girls, wannabe. Wannabe, I think that's too harsh. And North Melbourne, D-Ream, things can only get better. Yep, that sums it up very well. So tomorrow. Who we got? Port Adelaide. Oh, oh, I can't wait to hear that. One of music's all-time classics will define Port Adelaide in 2024. Oh, come on, Eileen. Dixie's Midnight Runners. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of the most obscure one. Yeah, one you did a good there. job. Yeah. Uh, Richmond, Sydney, St Kilda, Western Bulldogs and West Coast. Mm, well, it's going to be a big day tomorrow. Final sign-off for us. If you have any nominations for songs that you think will define 2024, 0427154166, uh, still to come on the show, we have our nomination for the good stuff. You can get to the good stuff, 132727. And uh, next we are going to chat with one of our mates from Adelaide United, Ryan Kiddo, fair income internet, without the fuss. We had a text. Yeah, just uh, it hasn't got a name on it, but it says the Giants should just be their theme song. So you should have just done sound effects instead of me spending all night getting that music. <laughs> it's 8 o'clock on SENSA. Vaughn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Two minutes past day. Good morning to you, Mark Bickley. Uh, Will has sent in a few texts, 0427 154 166 after hearing songs that will define 2024. Um, so here we go. For Gold Coast, I would have used Kenny Rogers, the gambler, because I know when to fold them, but the AFL decided on that. Uh, fix you, Coldplay. That's good. <laughs> Not bad. Um, also, uh, North Melbourne, it feels like we only go backwards from Tame Impala. And uh, there was another text from Steve that says, fair call on North Jared. I was ready to fire back at you being a North member. That was a very good call by yourself. So that's feedback and we like it. We love it. And Good job. And I can't wait for tomorrow. Should be good. A lot of good feedback about Adelaide United at the moment after a 3-1 victory over Western United in front of three people in Ballarat over the weekend. Let's speak to their <laughs> captain, one of our mates, score a mobile deal as good as a Sam Kerr Weldy with mate. Ryan Kiddo, the skipper, good morning. I'm sure it feels a lot better to be back on the winner's list. Good morning. Yes, definitely does. It was a, a long two weeks, um, international break, I suppose, came at a difficult time because we were very disappointed with that Sydney result, but it was good to get back out there and put things right. 
What's the logistics of playing in Ballarat like? Do you fly to Melbourne, get on a bus, head up in a caravan and then just have a look around and go, wow, we're play- playing in um, the most professional league in Australia and there's hardly any people here. It must have been pretty surreal, mate. <laughs> yeah, we uh, flew into Melbourne and, and then there was about an hour and 15 minute bus trip out to Ballarat. But to be honest, the boys really enjoyed it. Um, it was a different a different feel. Obviously, normally in Melbourne, we always stay at the same place. So I, I really actually enjoyed getting out into the regional area um, and I guess trying to bring more fans to the Western United Games. I think it's a good initiative and um, I think we embraced it, enjoyed it and got a good result. So it made the trip much more enjoyable as well. well let's talk about the result, the 3-1 win, which was great. And I mentioned to Jared, you scored three, but there was also, I reckon you had three really good other chances that that either just went wide or into the side of the net. So you definitely created yeah, multiple really good chances. Yeah, we did. Um, we know that our attacking players have that quality and um, it's about us making sure we give that good structure behind them to allow them the freedom to create those chances because we know that um, they will be able to do that and, and, and score goals. So um, I thought we also defended quite well. I think they did have a number of uh, chances as well. And Joe stood up when he needed to, but also our centre-backs put in a couple of massive blocks and midfielders tracking back. So I thought overall it was a pretty gritty performance and um, an important three points. Pretty impressive to see the first time the club has started four teenagers um, to begin the game as well. Uh, we mentioned this earlier, Ryan, um, that, that Carl's plan seems to be working because these kids have earned their positions and um, they're doing the team proud. Yeah, that's it. I wasn't even aware of, of that stat because, to be honest, we just look at the team and we see everyone as a, a valued member and they all play above their age anyway. So oh, that's... Um, you know, very nice for the clubs, I guess, to have the luxury of giving these young players a chance. And like you said, they've earned it and they've gone out and, and done what they need to do. So uh, we're, in a, we're in a good place at the moment. And the next step, I guess, for a lot of those younger players is, and the, the real trick is just to find consistency, isn't it? To be able to, you know, sort of reduce that gap between your best and your worst games and be able to perform to that level all the time. And, and I guess that's part of your role is to try and help those guys on that journey. Yeah, definitely. And it's, um, you know, any professional sports person will know that's probably the most difficult thing to do to, to back it up um, each and every week. And I think the key message from us is, you know, you can you can have a bad day on the ball. That's always going to happen, but there's no excuse to not have a good day off the ball. So even if things aren't going well for you, there's still a role for you to play within the team to um, have an impact on the game. And We'll continue to push that and um, enable them to hopefully learn and develop as people and, and get those performances as consistent as possible. The sign of a strong squad is players not being able to force their way into it. And one of those players is Javi Lopez. How's he going? Because we, we were talking about this yesterday. He's a former captain of a, a La Liga side and it must be pretty challenging for him to not make his way into the team. Yeah, definitely. It's probably the first time in his career, so... Um, for it to come at this latter stage, you know, it's definitely challenging for him, but he also in the same breath is such a positive influence in and around the group. And he still, even though not playing, has a massive role to play for these young people in, in showing them the way and on how to handle themselves in this situation, but also the standards that he brings every single day and, and that knowledge he has in and around the training ground. So um, we're so lucky to have someone of his experience and um, a man of his quality and I have no doubt that he will get an opportunity through the year and he's preparing himself to, to be able to take that opportunity when it does come. But 
in the meantime, he's um, playing the role that he needs to wonderfully for our side. Now, uh, we noticed in this story, Iren Kunda uh, was donning the headband. Uh, was there any story behind that? Or was just uh, he's just trying to keep the hair out of his eyes? Yeah, I don't get involved in that. We just let Nesta do his thing. <laughs> he's, um, you know, he's a, you know, we want individuality within our players. We don't want to pigeonhole anybody. And if he felt the need to want to wear a headband, he thought that would help him, then then go for it. Um, if he keeps putting out the performances and and, and doing his job, then more than happy for him to to wear a headband. Mm-hmm. So we were questioning Ryan whether he got told at halftime to take it off because it was it was a Nike one. So that didn't happen. Not that I know of, but um, yeah, I'm not really worrying about Nesta's headband at halftime, to be honest. Um, I didn't even realise that it did come off. You <laughs> so are, maybe I need a, <laughs> You are focusing focus on MacArthur, though, um, and, and having a look at how the Bulls are going this year. They are undefeated at the moment. They're sitting in sixth position. So it's a really important three points up for grabs before you come home to take on the Raw. Um, it's going to be a challenging match, especially after being moved to Monday night, too. Yeah, you know, it's been moved, but I think that's a good thing for us. It gives us, you know, the Ballarat trip was a little bit longer, so it gives that extra day to recover. And like you said, they're in wonderful form, so we're going to have to go there and, and be at our best to make sure we get something out of the game, and it's a challenge we're looking forward to. Uh, there's so many um, new fathers at Adelaide United now. Nick Ansel, Ben Wallen's had uh, another kid. What's happening at Adelaide United at the moment, please, Ryan? There's lots of, There's just dad's army everywhere now. I think we see the shift in the club and they all want to play the young boys. So we're thinking, well, let's try and keep our names in there, you know? So, no, it's it's a wonderful time we're all around that age bracket um, and we're lucky to be at a very family-friendly club. So, um, yeah, it's it's in the air at the moment and everyone's embracing it and enjoying it and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's really enjoyable to be a part of. Uh, just before we let you go, January is going to be the 20th, cele- uh, 20th birthday celebrations of Adelaide United. Before you were a player, you were a fan. So as captain, uh, I'm sure for you, it's going to be a, a really special occasion to get back everybody that's um, been responsible to make the club what it is today. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think it's yeah going to be a wonderful night and like you said to recognise all those uh, people who've played such an important part early on and now as well. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the evening and hopefully we can bring success this season because, you know, the club does have a, a, all those short, a rich history and something that all Adelaide people are proud of. Well, Ryan, we're certainly proud of the way the team's going about it, the, the promotion of the youth, the uh, the work rate that everyone's uh, displaying so far. The results have been a little bit up and down, but we're hoping you work on that consistency and things keep getting better and better, and we thank you for your time this morning. Thank you very much. Thanks for the support, guys. Ryan Kiddo joining us there from Adelaide United. Uh, they are back home in a couple of weeks. They'll be taking on Brisbane Raw. So that game is going to be on Sunday, the 10th of December, Sunday afternoon game as well. So kick off at Dentist Time, Bix, Tooth Hurdy. Thanks to mate, fair dinkum internet <laughs> without the fuss. We'll be back after this on SENSA. Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tyrepower.com.au. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Quarter past eight on SENSA Breakfast Sports Day SA with Dan Menzel and Paul Bonza. Those guys are on later on today. You can listen on Cruise, SENSA 1629 and on the app. 
Uh, very good stuff talking to Ryan Kiddo there, Mark Bickley. We had a chat to Riley Thilthorpe earlier, and uh, we'll put all of those songs that will define 2024 on the socials and the podcast too. We do need our nomination for the good stuff. Get to the good stuff, 13, 27, 27. If you're moving house, use the team that's easy and affordable, budget, car and truck rental. Your nomination for the good stuff, please, Bix. Yeah, not a hard one this morning. Glenn Maxwell has done it again. A match-winning century in the T20 game. They chased down 223 runs, if you don't mind, which is a big score. Uh, scored 104 not out off 48 balls, which is just remarkable. He's now scored four T20 centuries, which is the most of anyone in the world, along with the equals uh, Sharma, I think, from India. Let's have a listen. Final delivery. And he's gone straight and finished it off in style. What a century this has been. What an innings this has been from Glenn Maxwell. Record equaling 400 in T20 internationals, tying with Rohit Sharma, and more importantly, kept Australia in the series. Considering he conceded 30 off his own bowling, he needed to make it up to the Australian team, and he did. The Australians needed 21 off the last over. Matthew Wade was batting with him. He hit a four, then hit a single, and then Maxwell went 6-4-4-4, including that four off the last ball innings to get over the line. I think he has taken a quantum leap. He went over to India at this World Cup as an enigmatic player who we all knew had amazing talent but hasn't hadn't quite um captured it and and tamed it now he seems to be able to to be able to do it at will and he is a genuine superstar probably one of the biggest stars in the game right now do you want the update on the champions league yes please so Borussia dortmund uh will probably beat ac milan 3-1 at the moment at the 89th minute Atletico Madrid uh, leading 3-1. Newcastle are beating PSG still 1-0. Barcelona are beating Porto 2-1. Man City have come back and now leading RP Leipzig 3-2. Wow, three in a row. And with that, Erling Haaland becomes the fastest player to score 40 Champions League goals. It took him 35 games. How many has he got? 40. In this match? Uh, I can tell you that right now. I mean, what I love about you is the questions you give me without notice. He's got one in the 54th minute. Well, there you go. Phil Foden had one in the 70th and Julian Alvarez in the 87th. What about uh, Shakhtar Dines? How are they going? I mentioned earlier that they got the one, the win against Antwerp. So Shakhtar Donetsk, they won 1-0. Mikola Matvienko scored in the 12th. They're the Ukrainian team. Yeah, your team. It's like the Denver Nuggets. You jump on. I've got on board. I'm riding yep. the wave. They're sitting 30 in their group, so probably won't make it Come through. On. I love an underdog. Uh, I've got some audio to play for you next from Matthew Nix that I want to question you on, Mark Bickley. He had a bit of an introductory chat to the Crows as they went into pre-season. It's, it's intriguing. We'll play it after this. Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tyrepower.com.au. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Tyre Power.
24 minutes past eight, going for a top of 23 degrees today. Don't forget Dan Menzel and Paul Bonza back later this afternoon with Sports Day SA. Uh, if you're listening on the app, that's probably the easiest way to do so. And, of course, you can have a look inside Studio Lumo here, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Uh, Bix, okay, I wanted to play for you Matthew Nix, who was speaking to the Crows' new recruits and also the rest of the squad as they started pre-season moving into 2024. All right. Just a little reminder of who we are for those who are not new, right? Who have been here for, say, some four years, some three, some even longer, 17 odd years, right? Just a quick reminder for those who are new into the room, which we'll, we'll hear and meet shortly, that's just a welcome, right? That's what you're walking into. Done a load of work to get to where we are. And I reckon the guys who are in the room have been here for a while, we know we're good, right? So our challenge now is to become a great team. But it's been an absolute pleasure and honour to work with you all. We've done an amazing job for four years. So thank you for the way you've gone about it. This year we're taking another step. Okay. This year we're going to another level. Okay. So it's positive. It's upbeat. Let me question one thing. Just quickly, that, just to explain the context, that was I think they must have shown a video. This mm. was a snippet on the, uh, the Crow social media. And it sort of just cut from the screen. So they've just seen a video, which must have, I'm guessing, highlighted the team's values and, you know, and shown some nice stuff. And, that, and he said, that's, that's what you're coming into, was how he was saying that. Am I looking into this too deeply if I say we've had an incredible four years? In 2020, Adelaide finished 18th with the club's first wooden spoon. Hmm. Am I, am I looking too deep well, into that? Think, or is it just the trajectory over the past yeah, four years? I think what Matthew Nix is saying, and that's that was his arrival as well. So since he's been there, mm. I'm guessing what he's been trying to do is there's an element of separating the wheat from the chaff, you know, when you arrive, you know, where we want, where we want to head, how we're going to get there, which players are going to come with me and which players aren't. So getting that list build right, which... They've had to decide on, and they've and they've seemed to have sort of set a course and stayed with it fairly well. But I think what he's saying is all the what I've asked for is to you know the prioritise others, uh, try and make everyone around you better, turn up to work, trying to get better every day. I think they've seen that, and they, and they, they have got that upward trajectory. So he's basically saying everything I've asked for, you've given me, but now it's the time to actually. This is when the real, real whips start cracking. When you now have to play finals and you have to compete against the, the best eight teams, as opposed to climbing off the canvas, picking yourself up, and trying to get up to a space where you can contend. Well, they've done that. They're now super competitive because they weren't competitive that first year when they lost, I think, the first twelve or thirteen games, mm. and they won the wooden spoon. So now they're—that's where they're at. But he's commending the people that have been on the journey that they've been able to get themselves to a place where they're challenging. That's what I suspect he meant. Something I didn't raise with you last week, and I only saw another photo of it overnight. Can you correct me here? Did Harley Reid receive a medal for being the number one draft pick? Uh, I think I do have a, a recollection about that. It's, was, it the, was it the Kevin Sheehan or, or something about, like, I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe he did. That's one of the more bizarre things I've seen in football. You're getting a medal because you were taken at number one. Yeah, I think you, there used to be 
when it was the um, was sponsored by NAB, you used to get a twenty thousand dollar. I'd prefer that <laughs> portfolio of. Uh, I mean, no disrespect to Con and Lena at the Brighton Trophy Centre, <laughs> who would have done an amazing job making that. <laughs> yes, but I mean, give me the twenty grand. Yeah, every day. It might be worth twenty thousand dollars, but I reckon I he'll find the spot in his socks and undies drawer. I reckon that medal. Mm. I, I do know that Scott Lysette, when he made his way over to Port Adelaide, he showed some of his teammates he has a West Coast shrine with all of his premiership stuff from the the Eagles. It depends if how much you like medals and how often you receive them. And I think Harley Reid's going to get a few medals. What do you got on for the rest of the day, mate? You're going to see a man about a thing? I'm going to catch up with a few of the team members from McGain Real Estate. Yeah, great surprise here on SEM. So, yeah, that should be a bit of fun. Okay. Um... And any more updates on the rain gauge, or you'll go check that later on. Are you paying attention I'm, to me or looking at your phone? No, Jason has just sent something through. I'm just trying. Oh, we've got a, uh, a poll about whether Port Adelaide supporters uh, are endorsing Warren Treadray. Yes, 64%. No, 36%. So okay. it's comfortable. I thought you just tuned out. No, no, no. I was just, I was just, Jace was talking to me and I was just quickly looking at our group chat. So there you go. <laughs> a little snap poll there from Port Adelaide fans endorsing Warren Treadway. Hey, we'll catch you tomorrow. Last show of the year. See ya. <laughs>